you know it all, and you're only how old are you? I am 18, yeah. You're only 18? Yeah. That's like the craziest. What was I going to say? So, um, I don't know. I just feel like you know everything. But what I really want to know is tell me about this club thing like what do you want to do like I know you don't want to explain it but I still don't understand <laughs> so I want to what it is I want to create a algorithm that trades stocks on Wall Street um, most models especially if you're working by yourself take about one year to make and they're usually not even that profitable I just think it's a good thing to do to learn how to practice and learn stats finance and all these things because the algorithm you want to create will combine all those things? Yeah, so I um, want to, so you can get really specific into like the type of models you, you can make. So I want to make a model which deals with um, stochiastic, um, well, yes, it deals with basically statistics. And basically, all it does is, uh, right now, I'm either working on making one which is like going deep into, let's say, options, but that's not as easy as it seems, as right. I found out. Or I want to make one which is just, goes off a of future market. Okay, so, well, my first question, even with that, is, so are there already no algorithms that exist? No, there's uh, algorithms okay. which exist, but, like, first, there's already rules set in place for these um, financial algorithms. Like, you can't just, uh, like, I remember, you can't just go to a, it's, like, illegal for me to just, like, go and be, like, hey, look at this algorithm, and blah, 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 blah. There's all these set rules, because you're oh, dealing okay. with pretty much some of the largest corporations, because most of stock trading is done by algorithms, not by people. Oh, okay. So, so like the apps, like the E-Trade app that you see mm-hmm. on the commercial, that's an algorithm, right, that helps you? So E-Trade no, is just a same. platform you can use to trade. It's like Robinhood, Amertrade, um, Fidelity. Okay. It's like just a way you can trade. And like, I think one thing which is huge is most people don't get like financial literacy as right. early as they're supposed to. Right. Because it's only, it's something you can start at like 16 years old because it's right. like, you don't know the difference between like 401k, 403b, Roth yeah. IRA, regular IRA, traditional. Like there's so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. It's just, if you knew about it earlier, you could be so much better prepared. Oh, okay. So when did you learn about it? When did I learn about it? So I started like looking into stocks when I would say I was around 15. My uncle came home and he's like, okay. I have all my stocks in Fidelity. And I'm like, what does that mean? And at first I thought that was just Fidelity's, so Fidelity has this own stock, but we're not gonna get it, but they also have, basically you can trade, they have mm-hmm. a platform where you can trade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what does that mean? And my uncle's like, I have all my money in this, just, that's what I mean. And I'm like, what does that mean? Then he just left, because he doesn't live with us. Um, and so I had to research it by myself and understand like, what are stocks, how to trade, when should I trade, is it even worth it? Um, I need, and like. And you did all this while you were being a normal 15 year old. I would say... Like, in your streetwear and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, I never really... I, I guess, like, I've always fit in, but not fit in, if that makes sense. It's no, just not really. Well, I mean, I just mean, like, like, it doesn't make sense because, like, if you fit into some things and you don't fit into other things, right? So I mean, the thing is, like, I just never brought sense. it up with the people who didn't care about it. It's just something, like, if I was out with oh, my friends okay. and, you know, like, we're doing, like... You Dumb weren't stuff. like it's not look, like all right, fidelity. Guys. I'm about to hook y'all up. Exactly. You I were mean, just like, like whatever we were, whatever you were talking about at the time. Exactly. Like okay. I would advise them if I think there's a better way they could spend their money, but I wouldn't just sit there and be like, you should do this, you should do that. Because honestly, the number one thing people don't want to hear, but they do want to hear, is how to spend their own money. Because that pisses off a lot. I of think people. that's true, but like, but I think so. What you're saying in terms of like people, if people knew about things sooner, then then they would be more prepared and da da da. da. Yeah. So and because I, I think that is a hundred percent valid, right? 
and I think there's been a bigger push, like we've seen, um, or at least, so I'll take my parents, for example, like the life that my parents lived, you think like, okay, like we, we were all right. And yeah. I guess I want to get to that point, but like, what if I want to not surpass them, right? Like not like live in a mansion on a hill or whatever, but just live in a bigger house or just live like, um, in, not that my neighborhood was unsafe, but live in a safer neighborhood or something like that, or I want a pool or yeah. what, like, or something like that. So, um, I think, but in terms of like how to plan for that, like, of course, when you go to your parents, your parents just say, well, just do what we did, work hard and you'll be okay. Like it'll all work out. Yeah, da, da, da. it's not always that. But, right. So, and then it gets harder and you don't know necessarily that it gets harder. Cause again, like, cause for my parents, it was, um, graduate from high school, kind of walk into whatever job and then just mm-hmm. work hard at that one job for 30 years and then everything else will um, get go from there but for us it's like okay now the step in the middle is college yeah. and college has a huge price tag in order for you just to be able to to go to the next step so I think now in kind of in those same kind of terms like okay yeah I went to college and now I do let's just so I, I do because I don't have kids or I don't have a husband so I have more expendable money yeah. than somebody my age right let's just assume so I want someone to tell me what to do with that money that is smart and that makes sense and that helps me get further along because I understand that it's not in like coach bags right even yeah. though like I mean I the thing is like new one. if you plan right you can you can be able to buy those crazy things but the problem is you won't be able to buy those crazy things when you actually want them right okay and That's I think the better. thing is like everything's more contingent upon basically you and then how can you pass it down to your child so let's say if yeah but I don't want to I don't have no children I right don't no I'm saying but I'm saying if you want to create even wealth like generational wealth yes. you, the only way to do it is to pass it down to your children yeah there's no, very few people which get rich and then are able to just stay rich like there's not that many Floyd Mayweathers walking around or Lil Wayne's or anything right, like yeah. that and I don't, well I mean Lil Wayne might be kind of smart but Floyd Mayweather I think his brain cells are I mean he gets punched in the head for a little I mean I know that but I think like even in that like that in that vein like you get punched in the head for a living like I understand that you make a lot of money but I feel like I just feel like it's not that smart I just I don't understand I, think I mean I do understand but I just feel like some people, I think you shouldn't prop up on a pedestal, especially if you're not necessarily, I don't want to say willing to do it. Like, I always say there's a difference between talent, mm-hmm. skill, yeah. and work ethic, right? So, like, talent is something that God gave you. Yeah. Like, you know, you just woke up and you could sing. You didn't do nothing to do it. You can carry a tune. Like, because we can all sing, right? We all have vocal cords. That you can get a music teacher, you can carry a note, you can hear, like, that functionally, yes. But that leads more into, like, a developed skill, something that can be developed that we all have. But talent, when you can get into the high range or when you can do whatever, that's God-given, right? Yeah. Skill is you were, were trained to do something. You have worked at it, da 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 So I don't find... I don't think there's a talent. Like, God didn't give you a bigger head than anybody else, or you, you have the same amount of brain cells as everybody else. You just have developed a sense of durability to say, yes, you can hit me in the head as many times, and then I'm going to try to make a game out of this because I'm going to hit you in the head and I then knock you out first. Like, that's not way a... more complicated than You that. do? Yes. Have you, like... Look at boxing breakdowns and understanding how a person is able to, like, think about how old Floyd Mayweather is and he's still able to fight. I think that's 
that's like a testament to like how well he boxed because there's different. No, it's just work ethic and skill. He worked really hard at something. Right. Over a long period of time, he was dedicated to it. He committed to it. He into his health and all those things, and then he he trained to do it well. But it's not uh, it's it's not out of the ordinary to I me. I think it, I think it is because you can. There's fighters which are known to which are amazing, but they have glass chin, so they get punched one time in the face and then they're out cold, and that's not something you can. It's either something basically that they can't fix or anything like that. But they still were even at an early age. Yes, but age. you're not talented because you have. A but there stone was like chin. the golden boy, and like there's all these people which are naturally be like 18 year olds winning gold medals in the Olympics. How are you can like you can't explain somebody who has way more experience than them all of a sudden being able to beat them up. Especially I mean, in some ways, I get that, but I think like I think to me, I think in that circumstance, there's a lot of mind over matter. Like it's a lot of mentally. You want this, you prepare for this, like dedicate all those kind of things, mm-hmm. and then that's what gets you to it. Like it's, but I think I don't, I don't want to say like you can't pick any random eighteen year old, right? But but what I'm saying is, but in that same vein, boxing has a weight class in or division, and every single so skinny you, big me, whoever, yeah. we can find another big person. So it's who, who who can do it, but it's who trains harder or who. Who finds the open shot and takes it, and and pack, has more impact, and then you're knocked out. Like I don't, I, I don't, I, just don't I think see that's it the. A, I think the reason, I disagree. I think <laughs> boxing is like, if you look at boxing, you can. There's fights. There's a whole score system, and the thing is like one person wins basically off of making the best move possible every single time, right? Because there are times where you have to take a hit to the face. There are yeah, times where you can. Some of that to me is real. Or counters, or even thing like let's say you're in a round, or like being able to analyze your opponent. There's so many things that go into it. It's not just throwing a punch. Because have you, if you watch a street fight, then you watch, then you watch a boxing fight. They're two different. It things. is. I mean, I get. That. I feel like I'm gonna talk about. We need to find something that I feel like I'm more confident in. Because boxing, I understand some of the stuff you're saying, but I just, I feel like in essence, it's, it's not there for me. Like. Like yesterday, or no, I don't know, I don't think you were there. But on Tuesday, like Miss Kim, and um, the kids always try to get Miss Kim to listen to mumble rap. Yeah. And I always have to say like, it's not rap because they're not pronunciating. It's mumbling. Like, it's 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 not the same kind of lyrical consideration mm-hmm. that and that Little Wayne is good. Um. But, but it's not the same as what is like Tupac and Biggie and KRS-One and like just so many others that it's just not the same. And then Migos walk around with big like, and I think Migos are just a testament to Slick Rick, I think. Not in talking about style, but if you talk about who obviously influenced them, right? So I think that's the thing. It's like you're just building up an in, an influence and an image to make. To make some kind of content, but like content that like, and I'm not saying, and and I, because I go back in this argument too with Miss Kim, not all of Tupac's content is the great, because he was very misogynistic and da da da. It's not all the great, but some, but when he really wanted to get into it, the deep thought was there, and I just feel like the Migos and other people, like they don't come with that kind of like, oh, I thought about this. It's mm-hmm. like we said something funny, hit repeat. Hit record, hit repeat, and then it's the new song. 
and then y'all walk around with like like Miss Kim, you really gotta you really gotta hear this. And it, there's no message. There is no I think, message. There's I no think message. the thing is like rap is at the point where it's such a large genre to where you can find people which are are making still that type of influential yeah. music. But the thing is like there's also people which are just known to make club bangers. And I think there's nothing wrong with people just saying. I think that's true. No, I think, but and I think, then I think, rap or hip hop should do a better make a better effort to distinguish the categories because because that's where generationally you get into you get into the arguments because like I understand like generationally I'm never going to appreciate your music the same way that I appreciate my music right because yeah. my music was the soundtrack of my life your music is the soundtrack of your life and so it has different impacts based on where you were in your life and da 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 that part I understand so I don't hate on the Migos like da 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 and if I'm in the club yes that's sure, what right. I want to hear don't turn on like common or I mean which he Combo does have some yeah but I'm um, some so certain music right certain yeah. songs right but all of it for us to be like oh we're all in the rap hip hop umbrella da da and that whole and I I hate it every time a young rap ar- artist doesn't pay homage yeah like doesn't give her like you even still because be, and I think the reason why I hate it so much is because everybody knows the origin of where it came from and where it came out of like like it's so it's so recent and then everything it took for it to be what it is like you can't you can't in some ways to me it's like when you, when you don't do that when you disexplain rap that came before you you are you are eliminating yourself you are eliminating yourself that's what i think i think when they do that whole kind of like there was no rap before me or i'm the best like ever like i mean i get the I mean, I get that they, like, prop themselves up. But I'm just saying, it's like, that's like saying you just popped up out of nowhere. Like, there is no origin to you, which is not possible. I think, okay, I, here's what I say. There's a lot of times where you see rappers where, like, I feel like the rappers who pay homage are the ones who are obviously making music that sounds from the past, like, Big Crit or people like that. Mm -hmm. They're making music that sounds like from that time. But I would say, like, there's Atlanta rappers. Which that's what the sound sounds today. Mostly like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They play plenty of homage to Atlanta and the sound. Okay, Migos maybe need to pay some more homage to Three Six Mafia and stuff like that. That's all I'm saying. But I think I think the thing is, I don't think hip hop is in a bad of a state as it seems. I just think there's so many people who don't listen to hip hop, right? who just happen to hear a song, which is hip-hop, and that just right. makes it to their playlist. Right. Because you can talk to a ton of people, it's like, they know Migos, they know Drake, they know all these people, but you're yeah. like, name me a Wu-Tang song, name me a Mob yeah. Deep song, right? Yeah. Or you're like, or you say the obvious one, like, Sick Ones comes on, and they're like, what's this song? I've never heard it before. Yeah. You know, and, like, anybody who actually listens to hip-hop. See, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I think, so, I think, of course, like, so people don't study it, right? Like, music is, that's what I'm saying. Like, music is is that big now. And it's good that hip-hop has gotten that big. That yeah. it's just about, like, okay, it can make it on somebody's playlist, or this is new and this is different, and da 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 Like, I got that. But I think, and that's what I'm saying, like, you don't have to constantly pay homage and da-da-da-da. I just think, just, it just seems like it's still kind of like, eh, like, y- it, they do that whole, y'all aren't relevant. Like, y'all aren't, y- you like, you don't know, and it's like, wait a minute, like, okay, like, look, I'm not hating on your shine. This is your moment. This is your time to be relevant. But don't ever tell me 
that I'm not relevant when I'm the reason why you're here. Yeah. That's like, like how you gonna how okay. you gonna tell your mom like no boo. I don't think that's what they're trying to get through this song. Like, I think the thing is like they're obviously trying to make music what's. It's like you're supposed to embody yourself in what they're saying. I think that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be like... Yeah, okay, so that's the whole... But that is the point to me. So you guys are embodying yourself in what they're saying. Yeah. And then in in that embodiment is I stand alone. Like, I'm out here by myself. I got here by myself. And my only thing I need to do is secure my bag and not worry about you and da 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 And I think that's the thing. It leads to this whole kind of thing of so I can take from whoever... I can do whatever to whoever. I can be whatever as long as my chain is the biggest and and all that kind of stuff. And I think, so in that same vein, like I said, Tupac had terrible, like not terrible, but he had stuff that was not just good to women, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we get that. And and culturally culturally insensitive to women and culturally insensitive. But he had, but he, you could tell his thought process because there would still be songs on there that did, Pay that attention. But y'all are so, like, it's so, like, no one else is relevant. I like, think, no one else is here. I no one music, else is look, in where look. I'm at. I, no, no, I disagree. And then you, when they do that, you guys as a generation embody those things, and then people walk that out in their everyday life. Like, that was the whole thing about hip-hop. That was the whole thing about rock and roll. I like, would agree, but I would say the difference between hip hop then and hip hop now is before, like even anything was the same. You did, you needed like credentials in order to even sometimes put out your music. Even back before when you wanted to make true. beats or do anything, mm-hmm. like it costed money, time, and mm-hmm. you had to have connections. Now people can hop in a studio like we are, make a beat on your computer. It doesn't take that long, even if it's bad, mm-hmm. and a person can rap about anything they want, even if they're not about it. And the thing is, like you can say. Even if you look like, let's say when drill rap was really popular, Chicago was dominating music, Teve, Keefe, yeah. Montana 3, and all these kids who were listening to this, they don't. They live in, like, suburbia. Like, they don't care about what the music is talking about. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, people which are not even about that life still rapping about it. But I think, well, that is my case for making categories and putting, like, I mean, like, I think sometimes I feel like this is, like, maybe it's generational or maybe it's... Because no. I want... I. It, it's just for better for clarification for me. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, make categories so people can go in their box and stay in the box that they're in. Like, that's that's not what I'm saying. But I think that there should be just adequate spaces for, for different things because that's because I've seen that, like, in... I mean, like, I watch a lot of documentaries. And in that, like, how people... When the South um, talks about, like, there was East Coast and there was West Coast. Nobody was listening to us. Nobody was talking to us. And we were down here with um, with Big Boy and Andre 3000 and um, and So So Def, like everything that Jermaine Dupri had to go through. and yeah. Like, I got it. But I'm saying, but they still acknowledge there was East Coast and West Coast, like, because this is where it started. This is what we listened to. We understood what West Coast was saying in terms of gangster rap and, and how it was different and it deviated. But we understood that we had a sound, too. Like, but you, so it came from something. Everything had an origin, like, but today, they come up like, like, we stand alone. Like, y'all just didn't pop up here. And even still, like, you're talking about, like, and you can get on whatever and record and talk about stuff that you ain't even relevant to. You watched a movie one time, yeah. and now you feel like this was you, and that was your life. Like, and that's, you really on some fake shit. Like, I'm. Sorry, but you really on some other stuff. <laughs> like, but I feel like I think people notice that that's not authentic, right? The, per- the people notice, but they don't care. 
as long as it sounds good, you know. That's well, I, that's why I feel like so maybe I feel like this is like a bigger microcosm to like, like I mean I know, like I don't want to sound like I believe in conspiracy theories, but I feel like that's a whole kind of bigger picture of how like we might be going in the wrong direction just as a world and a society. No, like I, I think that's not good. You music. can't not care about the authenticity. Okay, so pop music, Hip-hop like that's is just what. Pop. I mean, yeah, technically that's true. And then, but like, I feel if we like go back, let's go back to the time where rock and roll was popular. Everybody was making music in their garage. It's had the same thing, oversaturated. It didn't sound like how it used to. And you had people with like nickel. No hate to Nickelback. You had people like Nickelback coming out. And people were saying like, other than that one song, photograph, like song, which were just like not good compared to what has came out in the past. And that always happens when something becomes a popular genre. People who want to imitate the sound without actually paying homage to it, that they start joining in by like just thousands and thousands. And that's what's happening with hip hop. You're having people who realize it's a way to get rich quickly, and it's a way that they can make music or the way they find easy to make music. Yeah, but the people who I feel like something I don't know. I feel like something I feel like but as And all but look some of us should be beholden to it though. Should be beholden to it deeper. Like I mean like I feel like it's like maybe this is a stretch, but I feel like communities should be like okay, so like just to be specific, like Black communities should be more beholden to the authenticity of what it really is because we we know how things get get spoiled and taken over and then lost and then just completely gone. I from think what they, they are. are. I mean, like so, I feel like so I think, but I think so. Young black people should be the last people to to allow it to be taken over that way. We should be the people to say we want to take back the authenticity of what this is. Again, I would say it would work, but that's not the way music works. People just steal music. You can't gatekeep music. That's the hardest part about it. That's true. And I think, if you know if you look at it, right? I think it's still, I still think it's, look, if you look at the communities where rappers who come up who are now popular or where they're coming from, even if, like, let's say they don't blow up off of SoundCloud or something like that, they still have to go through somebody else who's higher on the chain. Or someone like let's say like That's Gunna, true. Lil Baby, they all came through Young Thug, yeah. and like it's just like it still has to you still have to find a person who you can report to, or you can find like still or, or like a ton of these new rappers who are coming under J Cole, right? Yeah. It's like it's not something you can just it's, the game's still not something you can just walk in. There's very few people which can do that. Even the ones rappers people find whack like Yellow Wolf, you still have to go through Eminem. Yeah. So it's just like. No, I think. I mean, okay, like I get it. Like I just think that. But I think, then what is, I think everything then is losing its authenticity. I don't think, here's why I think it's not. You look at what the young generation, or or my generation is doing, right? Right. And it it honestly reflects the music. That's, I think, always music reflects what's currently happening in the culture. And that's what's happening. There's more of a party scene. You see more people overdosing on drugs. You still see violent cities still taking rap. People make music that reflects their situation. Right or people make music right. which most people they know they can vibe with. And, I mean, maybe. And that's I think that's why we have the current state of hip hop. You have people which are, are like quote unquote woke, like so J Cole, Joey Badass, and people who are like who want to like basically owe to old hip hop. You have yeah. people which want Migos because they just like to get lit, and then you have people like Lil Xan and stuff like that because that's what a little kid in the middle of nowhere can vibe with, popping Zans, just doing whatever. Or yeah, but in some ways that's so. I feel like that's. 
It's so terrible. It's so yeah. terrible. And I think it's such, it's a farther, to me, and it's a farther intellectual stretch from the little kid, or which I feel like they are all kids, which really should be children. Yeah. They're children. To J. Cole. Like, the, the intellectual, to the intellectual stretch, path, whatever, to me, it is like, so far away from where J. Cole is with his message, his lyricism, like, ev- like it, and then, and honestly, not even like a stretch. It's like, you're nowhere close to where that is. So the fact that I just feel, that's why you need a category, children. You need a box. I think I agree. Because you cannot get right to the, I mean, and even still, even if all the littles or whatever, all the children, mm-hmm. Maybe one or two would grow up to be able to get to the inte- to me the intelligence level and the the meaning and and the message and I don't know I just love J Cole like to where he is or to like I think and it, even still like I don't necessarily I mean I think J J Cole is on a level with Jay Z but I even think like that's a higher level like even then, like when you listen to someone like the less heard Tupac stuff like I just feel like there was something else going on in there as opposed to like I mean I'm an advisor so I feel bad about it but like some of y'all's problems ain't real like you have to <laughs> fabricate them you have to fabricate the problems so you feel like no, that's you okay. have people are, are a lot sadder I think that's because there's music like that too people I don't want to. I don't want to I mean, call it fake depression because, like, I don't like to classify. Right. I don't want to. That's what I'm, I don't want to say that someone's depression is not dep- the depression. But I think um, it's they're like they okay. So want to really, be sad. Right. Not that they want to be sad. That's not. And that's no. What people want mm-hmm. is connection. Yeah. I think like, and that's what I mean in terms of like my bigger, like the bigger umbrella is that. What people want is connection. We are human beings, and actually we are made for connection, right? So at least in in my mind, at least, I believe that human beings are made for connection, and what we want is connection, and all we have are a whole bunch of devices, and now music and, and art that is, that is disconnecting us. Mm-hmm. So we're standing in the middle of nowhere looking around and saying, what are these people doing? And I want to connect to these people, so I'm going to pop Xanax. I'm going, and it's like, and then now, you're on drugs or you're having some reaction or whatever, and now you are depressed because, and that's what it's it's all. And to me, it's more fabricated than it is actually like if you did a little self reflection, and really said like, these are kind of things that can be that I can control. So, um, so. I don't want to say like so I can kind of like get rid of, but if you can have more control, these are the things that I don't have control over. And then so let's assess like are these things that make me sad or like or happy or whatever like to be able to go through your emotions. But they just have this assumption of like depression or whatever or something. And and so I need a vice. Mm. Like I need to smoke. I need to drink. I need to. It's like really you need to talk to you, not talk to yourself, but you need to have an introspection or some assessment of what is going on in there. Like, and it's not always, it's 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 not always manic depression and la la It's yeah. like, it's really just like, you need a girlfriend or you need, you need a best friend 
or you need a dog, or a you dog. need, a, I mean, like, honestly, you need a hobby, yeah. you need a focus, you need a purpose, you need a purpose, and you need to connect with other people who share in that purpose or in that whatever. I think just people, honestly, I, I think people just don't set up goals as much as they used to, and I think... That's probably, that's very true. And also, I think it's the, the culture of, like, you must have it now, or you must, like, even when you see the problem with music, it's like, before, it's like, an artist can make you wait one year before dropping an album, and mm-hmm. no one would think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's more like, you have to wait a year for another album, like, mm-hmm. streaming is kind of, it kind of ruined that, in a way. Well, and I think, but in that vein, I think people are looking to those other things, like music, to make me happy, like, because I... I felt that way. I think I heard Drake or somebody talking about it, like that kind of like people want music from me or content from me or whatever all the time. And it's like it's because that song or that album or whatever makes them happy. It becomes the soundtrack of their life, right? They listen to it every day. It's what they get up to and da da da. da. And so they constantly want you to be feeding them yeah. their thoughts and their ideas and their dreams, their goals or their whatever. Because they cannot, they have not done self-assessment and they don't know what it is for themselves. So they're, and it's the same thing with, I feel terrible because I own, oh, I used to own a lot of bags. I don't own as many as anymore, so maybe I don't feel as terrible. But it's the same thing with girls. You feel like you you see an image and you need to look like that image or get in some way close to that image because then that become if that's beauty, then that's a reflection. And if you're like that, then you must be beautiful too. Yeah. And there's no self assessment of Nabu like really beauty might be on the inside and maybe you just ugly mm. I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm just saying okay. some people are Aspects. need to accept the fact that and that's the other thing too that a lot of us can be beautiful and a lot of us can be you can be ugly 20 minutes later and it ain't got nothing to do with your Louis Vuittons I'm just saying I mean they might go up a little bit because of Louis Vuittons no they don't <laughs> Well, either way, I'm just saying. Or I think people, well, because I think that happens all the time because, I mean, where I'm from, if you have something, then it's always you're trying to perp, like you're trying to be something else. And it's just... I mean, they are. I mean, like, I I think... But that's, I don't think that's true. I think think there's a difference between having a... Okay, look, I know people here, right? Mm -hmm. They have a disposable income toward buying Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Mm -hmm. Prada. That's not something which crosses their mind as flexing. And mm-hmm. I think that's there's a huge difference between people who are like, I'm buying this to flex, and a person who's like, I literally bought this because I could, and it just so happened to where this is just also a culture of flexing. I would have bought this anyway, no matter what, because this is just the level of well, quality I'm used to. And that's to. what I'm saying. Like I'm, and where I'm from, it's more of a model of like, you know, more of what people's status is. Hmm. So then, if you are buying, and if you're buying something outside of that. Then it must. Then it's the assumption of that you're that you're flexing, like or that you're perping or trying hard or whatever. And it's just kind of like maybe I caught the sale and you didn't catch the sale, so I didn't spend no more money on this than I would have spent on the regular thing. Yeah. But or this is my size, and the other thing ain't my size. Or maybe today I just got more confidence, so even in my size, I still look better than you do in all your stuff. And so it's not about, it's it's not about the always, in my mind, my purpose is to flex on you. Well, yeah, I think the problem is, like, people already, like, ever since, like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and stuff like that, yeah. and it's, like, people measure their self-worth based on other of people. people. Right. And I think that's, it's just around. trying to connect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all that is just, to me. It's, like, 
so many of these things, and especially being here um, at the college, is and talking to students regularly, it's just kind of like, it's sometimes it's really hard for me to, to not say like, you know, like the last person who was in here, you really should go meet them. <laughs> because like, because y'all could probably help each other. Mm. Because, and of, I mean, of course you can't do that and I don't ever do that, but it's like when you see the same things over and over again, it's just kind of like really what you need, that's why I say what you need is a friend. You need someone else to connect with because most of the time your friends are, that's what they say, my friends aren't dealing with the same thing that I'm dealing with or my friends aren't in my major. So you need to find some friends in your major. You need to find some people, like that's, again, why I love Nesby and other um, student groups just because, it, it's like a built-in connection. It's, it's, and it's stable and it, it's useful. Like we have students who come in and they don't ever talk. They don't ever say anything. And then they, they, but it's like it's just a. But people still need that as a check-in. Like people say that to me all the time. Like I live three hours away from here, and at least I usually go home twice a twice a month. And I'm trying to go home once a month. And people are like to me, like, but still, once a month, like, da 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 da. Like, I bought a whole new car just so I could drive home because, like, my strongest and deepest connection is with my mother. So, like, all when all things are going wrong, like, I will drive all the way to where she is just for 20 minutes. Like, and that's the other thing too. Like, me and my mother don't. <laughs> like, I mean, now, like, we don't see. I don't want to say like we don't talk, but my mother's not chatty. My yeah. mother is very like, what you doing? Where you going? Okay, bye. Love you see you tomorrow like it's not or call you tomorrow like so but I will drive the three hour trip to spend maybe half the day with her and then on Sunday drive all the way back but know that I have plugged in and I have connected to to my deepest not my so to my deepest human source I would say because yeah. I have a spiritual source but that's saying like yeah that couldn't be <laughs> no I know that couldn't be a lot of students and that could and I think that's the other thing too and when I was in college, oh. like I drove home for laundry, right? Like, but really, though, that's what I realized. Like moving three hours away from her, and again, I'm from a smaller family, and it's like a special thing. So I think probably if I had like five brothers and sisters, like maybe I wouldn't feel this way. Um, but really, it's really for that connection. And because in college, I was more of a solitary person, yeah. and I was one of the only black female students in the College of Business and at the school that I went to, which was not Miami. So, like, you see what I mean? So, yeah, and it was at a different time when we weren't all about, let's have a black student group and da-da-da-da. Like, I would go and sit in the black student um, union or building or whatever. Like, so I would be around people, and I had a mentor and all those other things. But, like, but still, in terms of, like, just my check-in to be, like, you're okay, you're solid, you're doing well with what you're doing. Like, I will I will drive home to get it if I need to. And I still call my mother every day. Like, I still call her, like, what you do. But my mother is very much like, I'm cooking, I ain't got time. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, <laughs> My mother clearly doesn't need the check-in. My mother <laughs> is full-grown and totally okay. But I think, like, but I think more of our students, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily, and that's what I'm saying, like as students, like I'm, I don't ever advise a student, like what you need to do is go all the way back home to Nebraska or what, like that's not what I say. But it's like, you need to have the human connection. Stop talking to your friends on the phone who can just send you happy emojis to like 
and you feel like it's giving you something or it's making you smile. Stop listening to the rap music or whatever music, thinking, because it's not even like a lot of rap music, because sometimes I listen to music and it's depressing. Yeah. Stop listening to, like, you need to humanly connect with the person. Like, honestly, like, undercover, that's why I think Starbucks is, is what Starbucks is. Like, that's why he can charge you $5 for coffee, because he has a created an environment where people just want to sit there and feel like they are connecting with the other people who come in there. Honest to God. That's why I think that he, they yell out the mocha choka whatever that people are getting, because really what people want to hear is that someone else is drinking what they, what they drink too. Honest to God. I mean, I don't go to Starbucks, and I never knew it was that serious. I'm telling I mean, I can go deep on anything, but I think because in, in most aspects, when you just flat out say it, like here's a regular cup, and I've heard like the way I've heard coffee described is like, roasted dry roasted bean water like old like because it's day old like it's better when i heard tiffany hash tiffany haddish describe it it's better when she says it but the point is coffee in essence like it's not like it's that great and we all know it's addictive and so it's like so so if you run it down like all these negative things but people but people still find enough value to pay five dollars or more for something that they can make at their house, that they can make themselves, yeah. but they don't. They go and they find a Starbucks, they list their order, they step back, let somebody else make it, and then yell out. When in the world would you be like, Keisha's like overcalorated, all you are yelling out how unhealthy this person is about to be or how hyped they're about to get in the next 15 minutes when they go up this down and people just sit around like it's totally normal. I really don't think it's that deep. I'm telling you. I think I think the problem is like as much like when I was a kid, you know, especially when I was like in love and there's nothing to do, right? I just was able to just take, I was able to entertain myself, you know. I would walk around for hours like in the woods or something like that. Just by myself. And I think the problem is like you most, never got lost. I mean, like even if I did, it just didn't matter to me because I like, I mean, loving it. Like I never felt unsafe. Yes, but you. It's because you never got lost. Like you would have got lost one night and had to sleep in the woods, and you would have been real scared. You wouldn't have done it again. Probably, but I didn't, so okay. it's not my problem. I mean, I guess too, but I think that's a testament of how smart you were and how like, and everyone is different. Everyone is different. I but think, even still, you would have not said, like, you're not the person who said, like, yep, forget it. I'm living out here in the woods. Yeah. You're not off the grid kind of person. That's true. Right. Because you are you need connection. Let's just be for real. I think, no, my thing is, like, I do need context because that's just something which everybody needs. But at the same time, it's like most people don't understand just how to be by yourself, how to entertain yourself. That's true. Especially, like, because everybody has to be on their phone. Mm -hmm. Or they have to flip out their phone because they think it's socially awkward to have just silence or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, like, I think it's just, like, we're just reaching the point where it's just, if you can't entertain yourself, I really think that's, like, or just even talk to yourself or something like that or analyze the situation deeper. Mm -hmm. I think that's just a big flaw, you know, that we're trying to, but no one's actively trying to fix it. It's just getting worse and worse. We see little kids. I mean, like, I'm meeting little kids. I remember there's little kids without imaginations because they just watch videos on their phone. They can't actually think of, like, I'm, like, think about own situations just, like, to have fun. And, like, I remember, like, as a kid, I used to go on the block, right, me and other kids, just, like, 
like we played around. Like there was, we just made pretend we just did whatever we thought because our imagination was the only thing which could hold us back. Yeah. And I think meeting kids now, and you know, you're like, just think of something fun to do, and they're like, let me just watch a video. Yeah, that's like what people say. Like, don't they say, um, you get jaded? You get, or that's what kind of like what they call it is like getting jaded. Like, and it, it's sad that it's happening now with kids who are younger, like what you're saying, like you lose your imagination. Because usually what that happens is like, um, it happens over a longer period of time, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I always remember um, this guy, I don't remember what he was, uh, he was, he was a high, it was a high school presentation, but I don't remember what it was for. But the point is, he was like, um, he always does this experiment. He said he said he speaks to kids from kindergarten through senior year high school, and he goes in the kindergarten class and he holds up this leaf. He's like every, like he'll just go outside just randomly and get a leaf either off a tree or if it's falling down or whatever. And he holds up this leaf and he's like, "What is this?" And the kids are like, "It's a leaf!" And they're like so excited and they'll be like, "What are we gonna do with it?" And all asking all these questions and like da da. And then he takes the same leaf. And he'll go to the high school senior class, and he'll be like, what is this, guys? And they'll be like, dude, it's a leaf. Like, calm down. Like, yeah. it's not, or like, what's the point? Like, yeah. there's millions of them out there. Like, they, and, and so something happens to you from kindergarten where you're so excited to learn about what things are, and you have an imagination and so many things it could do, and to when you get to 18, and you're like, whatever. I like mean, This is like going deeper and then what this is, but like I think the problem is like the reason why people like feel like they don't need to learn, or the people like the people feel like I think the biggest problem is like people when they feel like they learn more, or they reach a point of learning so much to where they're like, oh, I've learned so much that it's starting to become negative, or or even like, oh, I don't believe in the system anymore. And I just think it's like people are quick. I know this is going way deeper, but like people are quick to blame something, and then once that blame ideology comes upon, like. Mm-hmm. They just like everything else that they learn is somehow just thrown out, and I think it's just a thing which is really sad because I'm like the pursuit of knowledge, no matter if it's bad or good, it it's still just the pursuit of knowledge, and I think I just get really sad when I see people like oh I don't this is blah 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 and then they just stop. So I'm gonna tell you, and maybe this is just my theory, but this is it. Well, I guess it just will be. So what I think that is is that the more people the more people know or come to know new things. Mm-hmm. the more they realize that what they don't know. Yeah. So, and then what that means is, so then to them, I'm less smart. I'm not the expert. So I have less confidence mm-hmm. in myself. So I think, um, and then now I don't know how to go and, and present this, um, present what I do know adequately, or I don't know how to, like, you know what I mean? Right. So I think people instead, they don't want to know. They don't want to know because it makes that because it knowing makes you more vulnerable, and they don't want to be I that. I think it's crazy that people are more accepting to listen to another person who supposedly they don't have any back text, who, who supposedly have more knowledge, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And to describe like think about it, people spend like what eight years in college, right? Mm-hmm. To get a, let's say a PhD, mm-hmm. and and literally they know like when you get a PhD, it's in a subconcentration of your field because you can't study the whole field. Mm-hmm. A doctor spends twelve years just to learn one aspect of being a doctor if they specialize, mm-hmm. because you can't learn the entire field. Mm-hmm. And I just find it crazy that people are like, I'll, I'll give up after realizing that this is way bigger than what I thought it is. I think there's a difference between having not enough time and just being 
like I don't want to, it's not a phrase. It's just, it's, 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 yes, it's it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. People are afraid because because there are only I've heard it said once and I don't know like the whole quote, but there are only a few things that drive us. Yeah. And the but the biggest one is fear. People are and it and it. What cracks me up about it is, you can see it on display. Like it has been recorded in history. Like. Like, whether people admit it or not, what the civil rights movement was about was fear. Mm-hmm. They were, certain people who were not brown were afraid of people who were brown to the point that they shut down schools, shut down buses, like, transportation. They, we needed to live and be completely separate because yeah. we are so afraid that if little black boys sit next to little white girls and become friends, unimaginable things could happen like biracial babies Mm. and we don't we wouldn't know what to do with them we wouldn't know what house to keep them in or or how to like it's it's all trumped up fear it's all made up and sadly it's the worst part of your imagination that all these terrible things could happen or really that we could lose control over the things that we have so like because then if because then in that same thing and that's what I mean like you can see it you can watch an Oprah special about how you know a white woman's family they completely disowned me but I went with my black husband and here we are and these are our children and then they met my children and then babies are babies and everybody loves babies and then we all came back together but then in the undercover my kids don't get no inheritance like mm. my sister's kids do and my kids don't get all because really we don't we don't want to lose the control over what we have, which is wealth yeah. and comp- and prestige and the image of what it is to look like the Cleavers. Like, what would they have really done if the if the Beavs brought home a black girl with dreadlocks? The 50s would have just gone to shit. Nobody <laughs> would know what they were doing. Right. So we have to maintain what it is. We have to keep people... Where where we feel most comfortable with them because really once you are out of your comfort zone, the I mean, the immediate thing that goes to that is fear. I'm afraid of what to do. I'm afraid of what to say. I'm afraid and and so and I mean I learned this in church, but the best definition of fear that I ever heard was that. What time is it? Oh. Oh God, we're like so over. How over? Like twenty minutes. Oh, snap.